1: Welcome back to the Tango Alpha Lima experience. I am Jeff, and you see down there my cohort, Ashley Gorbulja Maldonado, and we have someone else really special here today. You might remember him. He was on last season talking about legislative affairs with the American Legion, and he's back with even more good stuff. This is Lawrence Montreal, and he's the National Legislative Director for the American Legion in Washington, D.C., Prior to joining the American Legion, he worked for a member of the U.S. House Armed Services Committee as a legislative fellow focused on defense policy issues. Montreal was a United States Marine Corps infantry officer for eight years and deployed multiple times during the global war on terror. He still serves in the Marine Corps Reserves as a company commander and has deployed as a foreign military advisor. Montreal holds a bachelor's of Science in International Business, Trade and Commerce from State University of New York Maritime College and also holds a Master of Public Policy from George Mason University. Super impressive. And we cannot wait to get into this little chat. Be back after the break.
0: The American Legion is veteran strength in America. We're in your community supporting veterans, service members and their families enriching the lives of young people and promoting citizenship and patriotism. Our members are passionate about these core values. Help strengthen America by joining the American Legion today. For more information, go to legion.org slash join.
1: All right, we are back with Lawrence. And I think Ashley, she's been chomping at the bit. So she's going to go first.
2: That is correct. I am going to go first, Jeff. So Lawrence, super excited to have you on. And very much so excited to talk about legislative wins of 2021. So if you could kick us off and tell us about uh, the former legislative agenda that are, you know, items that we had, and then some of the wins that we've had for the year. Let's start it off on the, let's start it up on the up. Let's do it. Uh,
3: well, thank you for that, Ashley. And, and thanks, Jeff, to, to you both uh, for the opportunity to come back on the show. Always excited to to come on and and, t- and talk to the uh, Tangle Off Leam audience. Um, so. Ashley, thanks for that question. I love starting off with the wins. So um, one of our first major wins of the first set session of the 117th Congress was the GWAP Memorial Location Act. And, and for those of your listeners who aren't familiar, that was to allow the Global War on Terrorism Memorial that was previously authorized by Congress to be located on the National Mall. Uh, formerly, there was some legislation that was restricting uh, any further memorials going on to the National Mall. And we felt it was important with a, a coalition of other VSOs and, and, and MSOs that this be placed in, in, in a place of prominence on the National Mall. So in the 2022 National Defense Authorization Act, that legislation was passed. Um, and we look forward to when that memorial is going to be built on the National Mall. And, and service members and veterans will have, t- will have a place to come commemorate their service. Uh, and honors honor those who are who are no longer with us. Um, on a on another note, more positive note, another win for us was the Protecting Moms Who Serve Act, which passed uh, earlier this year. Um, that was led by Tammy Duckworth in the Senate, and then in the House, Lauren Lauren Underwood. And what that really did was look at um, two things. Firstly, funding. It, it allocated 15 million dollars of funding for VA. Uh, maternity care coordinators, which is extremely important, and then commissioning a GAO report to look at postpartum issues um, and maternal mortality in, in the veteran population. So, very glad to report on those two wins, and 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 looking forward to getting into some of the other issues that we're going to look at in the second session.
2: So, Lawrence, I'm I'm really happy to hear about uh, both of both of our wins because. Having a unique opportunity as a post 9/11 veteran to know that there is going to be a memorial that I can take my future children to, that will be a place where everyone who has, you know, put in the time and effort to make this happen, it's just it's going to be incredibly rewarding when they break ground. Um, and I'm even more excited that they were able to kind of go forward and get this on the National Mall itself. I think it's an appropriate place; it's where it should be. Um, and then additionally, with you know uh, maternity care, I, I think that is incredibly important for our, our service women who are you know, wanting to have families and having to study that commissions uh, to review all of the necessities of care that come from you know, having children and being a military family is incredibly important. And I know that we have talked about these topics uh, you know on previous episodes. So it's nice to see all of it coming together with a bow, if you will. So I'll toss it over to Jeff.
1: I want to come at this a little bit from a big picture perspective to use Ashley's word perspective. I think that uh, I think that both of these are, are are really great examples of of us moving forward with the integrity of our mission. So taking care of all veterans, uh, is, is, is the for the second one, the moms who served, because as we move forward, more and more veterans are using the VA as their healthcare choice. It's not just about battle wounds. It's not, it's if you qualify, you can use the VA for your total care. And when we have gaps in those care, wherever they may be, uh, it's, it's nice to see that we're filling those gaps. Uh, and as far as the global war on terror, I had my reservations, mostly based on the the history of, mostly based on the history of you don't have a you don't have a war memorial, what you're not remembering it because it's happening right in front of your face, it's still going on. So that was the basis of my thing. But after having a conversation that you see in another episode, I've softened. I've softened, and uh, and so i I'm still supportive of it happening now. Uh, because I, I, especially the way, nope, not going to give away. You're going to have to listen to the other show. So when you were pushing, <laughs> when you were lobbying for this, what obstacles did you have for 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 either piece of legislation that you had to overcome?
3: Yeah, I think on the the GWAT memorial, um, there there were some veterans with, with some hesitancy. You know, as you mentioned, Jeff, I think some of it, some of that hesitancy was. Around the fact that the wars were still going on, I think one thing to highlight there is that memorials take an extremely long time to build, um, and you know by the time it's built, you know, hopefully these wars will be be fully concluded, uh, and, uh, and and it'll be the appropriate time. I think secondly, you know there there it, there was legislation that the National Mall was a completed work of art. Um, you know it's if you come here and and come walk the National Mall, it's an absolutely beautiful area. Um, tons of different memorials. Korean War Memorial would be my favorite, um, but many viewed it as it was starting to get crowded, and just to set it as a baseline, that no memorial more memorials would be built there. Um, this way, members of Congress or um, the administration didn't have to pick winners or losers. It was just, that was it. It was a, a, a completed work of art, but we really felt that um, it was necessary that it was in a place of prominence, and that and that veterans from the GWAT uh, generation could come and, and as as Ashley mentioned, come bring their kids there and 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 remember um, their service and and the, the service of their comrades. But that was really the main the main boundary was that feeling that the the mall was included for work and there was there was alternative places for it.
1: Did you have any pushback on the moms of uh, supporting moms who served?
3: I think that was generally. Uh, you know, understood that providing gender-specific care to the low, largest um, and, well, the, large, the quickest growing uh, demographic at VA, uh, you know, amongst the vetor- veteran community, I think by 2045, there should be somewhere around 2.2 million women veterans in the United States. And identifying the gaps, as Ashley mentioned, in, in the gender-specific care, that VA has not traditionally had a robust structure for um, is absolutely necessary, and I think that you know everybody really recognized that there's some other gaps that are, that are being addressed that I can talk about a little bit here, um, but generally there was there was bipartisan support for that one.
1: That's outstanding. Uh, Ashley, do you have any more on this?
2: Well, I'm super excited to hear about the wins, and I'm looking forward to hearing about what, what's next. What's next? What What are we doing for the 118th 118th uh, Congress? What, what What's our well, you're charge? in
1: luck, Ashley. You're not going to have to wait long. You're only going to have to wait through the break.
0: So you were discharged with a 20 percent disability rating, but now you can't hear so well and need help. Contact an American Legion service officer. Service officers are free of charge and they help all veterans. Find one near you with our online tool at legion.org forward slash service officers.
1: All right, we are back with Lawrence, who's full of information, wisdom, and just general positivity. And he carried us through our wins of the last congressional session. And now I have to ask, with all of that momentum and all of your success, what are you What are you focusing on this congressional session uh, in the hopes of more wins?
3: And so this will be the the second session of the 117th Congress. They go they go in two year in, intervals. Um, so a lot a lot of the things that we had on legislative legislative agenda are going to carry over into the second session of the of the 117th. And one of those that that the legion has been preeminent preeminently uh, involved in. Has been a toxic exposure issue dating back to mustard gas in world war one uh, agent orange during vietnam and contemporarily it's it's the issue of burn pits um so that's an issue that the veteran community as a whole has been working on extremely diligently for a number of years now and that's there the fruits of the labor are, are are being seen now there's a mutual agreement um both bipartisan and bicameral that something needs to get done in short order on toxic exposure, specifically as it relates to burn pits during the global war on terrorism. And that's an issue that's, that's made a lot of headway and an issue we're going to be focusing on in the coming months here. Um, namely, there's, there's two bills, um, and those bills are a lot alike in many ways, but they have some, some minor differ- differences. And they're really just broken up into you know the Senate version and the House version. Uh, So the Senate version, uh, led by Chairman Tester, is the um, Cost of War Act, and what that does is a number of things, but importantly, it it presumes exposure for any any individual who served in, in a list of countries, so no longer is that burden on the veteran to prove that they were at a Forward operating base or combat outposts in Helmand Province during these years, and there's burn pits there. Um, you know, with this legislation, the veteran is kind of a, a, absolved of that. All they have to say is, "I've got an Afghan campaign uh, medal or an Iraq campaign medal uh, or GWAT Expeditionary medal," and it's presumed that they were exposed to those burn pits um, because you'd be very hard pressed to find a veteran who served in those areas and and wasn't exposed to burn pits. But it, it lightens the load on the veteran um, to prove that and take time to find documentation. So that's one big act, uh, component of it is the presumption of exposure. Um, the next is presumptive diseases. Just like we saw with Agent Orange and that list has continued to grow as we've, as we've seen more research and more science um, s- surrounding the connection between exposure to Agent Orange and some of these diseases. The same thing is seen with burn pits. Um, so there is a list in the in both bills. The list in the house version is a little bit lengthier. That's 22 different diseases that would be presumed to be exposed to, uh, Not I'm sorry, not only exposed to, but uh, assume a service connection uh, to the veteran and then 11 in the Senate version. And that's extremely important because it creates that nexus That again reduces the burden of proof on the veteran so now, if if a veteran has an Afghan campaign medal they're presumed exposed to burn pits and then, if they also have a one of these diseases, once the bill passes. um, it's presumed as a result of their exposure to burn pits so all of that burden of proof is is taken away from the veteran Um, and it's much easier for them to get the benefits that, that they deserve. Uh, and, and that they've earned. Um, and then thirdly, it sets up a framework um, to get, to conduct studies to identify additional diseases or illnesses that would be service-connected. So both, that, that was the Senate version, both the House and Senate version have that same foundation in those three facets. Really, the major difference between the two is the number of diseases that are, are presumed exposed. Um, so that's that's, that's really the major difference. And where that is in the legislative process right now is being, starting to being negotiated uh, amongst the House Veterans Affairs and the Senate Veterans Affairs Committees and, and negotiated between the, um, the two chambers on, on what the final version will look like. Um, but whatever that final version looks like, you know, it, it is gonna be a monumental piece of legislation that does a lot for the veteran community. And it's gonna come much sooner um, than than we saw as Agent Orange legislation after Vietnam. So we've learned our lesson a little bit here, Um, not fully uh, because we we still have this toxic exposure issue, but certainly doing a better job of taking care of our veterans. So looking forward to continuing to work on that um, and and pushing that from a legislative perspective. I would also add that uh, Secretary McDonough and his team over at VA have have done a, a fantastic job um, on the toxic exposure issue, and have been extremely proactive. Um, so they went and, you know, without being required by Congress, added three presumptive diseases um, to the list: so asthma, rhinitis, and sinusitis. Um, so tell your listeners out there who, who may have uh, served in the Global War on Terror; those are now presumptive diseases um, as VA sees it. So if you if you can prove that you were you served in those regions and that you have this disease, you're that that is presumed a service connection. Um, and VAs is continuing to be proactive. in November, they announced that they were going to do a 90- day review on certain type of types of respiratory cancer uh, to see if those could be presumptive diseases as well. So certainly a lot of progress on the toxic exposure issue.
1: Well, I, think, uh, I think I think I have a couple of takeaways from that. I think uh, first of all, when you have a House and a Senate version, does that double like? Does that double your work, or is the fact that they passed both of those and now you just leave it to the process, or are you, or do you have do you have positions on what how that should how they should come together?
3: We do. So obviously, we want to see a bill that's as generous to the veteran community as possible, um, and you know that's that, that's that's the position we advocate for. Um, but in order, in order to get things done, sometimes there needs to be compromises. And, and that's really our priority here is to make sure that some combination of these two bills pass into law. Because no matter what version passes, um, it's, it's going to be extremely beneficial for the veteran community. And, and I'm really happy with where we're at now um, compared to where we were at with Agent Orange um, you know, shortly after the end of that war.
1: And it's 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 kind of super cool that uh, the Agent Orange kind of led the way. We we hear a lot of bickering about generational rivalries and things like that. That was uh, it seems like the more we talk about what's different, the more things are kind of the same. The the exposure aspect, and I and I hope that this has a ripple effect of softening. A lot of uh, a lot of that animosity that some people have towards different generations, and then when you're this is on a I picked this up I didn't prepare this when you were talking about the actual name of the 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 care, the cost of war act, you now have a pitch to get the most generous. That's because people love acronyms. It's the Cow Act, and you can ask where's the beef like you can do that all day, and people will roll their eyes and like they're doing right now. Um, but you have a catchphrase now.
3: No, I, I, I think that's that's helpful, Jeff. We might have to hire you to, hire you to do our uh, government affairs marketing over here. But um, no, that's all kidding aside. That's certainly an approach that we've taken. And, and that's something we've been very clear with members of Congress on is, hey, you know, we're paying for this now, but we wrote this check 20 years ago and you know now it's time to pay it. So um, it, we're certainly on the same page with you there. All right, Ashley,
2: I did have a one quick follow up question. So for the uh, House and Senate, the presumptive diseases, you said there was 11 in the Senate. Mm-hmm. So for the 11, and it, is it 22 or is it 21? 22. 22. So are there crossovers or like do they, like you say they have the same foundation, but are there, how come like there are less on the Senate side or like, can you explain that a little bit more? I'm just, I'm curious yeah, so just like, there, for someone who would be super novice and like policy who may not understand like why there's less than one and more in the other. And if there's any crossover between the presumptive diseases.
3: No, there, there certainly is crossover. There's, there's really the same list um, that people reviewed and went through and said that there is at least some scientific evidence that there is a connection between exposure to burn pits and this disease. And you know one thing I would draw out, before moving on, is that you know burn pits is, is unique because everything and anything was thrown into those burn pits. So we there is no consistency there as to what chemicals, what you know, what kind of JP-8, how much JP-8, how much plastic, um, you know, how much how much um, tritium that are are is, are in our rifle scopes. You know, there's a high degree of variability, um, whereas with Asian Orange, there, there's one chemical compound that we know that causes these diseases. Um, so establishing that connection is, is much more difficult with the burn pits because of that variability. Um, but there's different levels of scientific evidence in, in some people's opinions um, on, on certain diseases. Um, and some may say that, hey, th- there's not an overwhelming amount of scientific evidence here, um, while others may have, say no, there's a sufficient amount. Um, so that that's that the difference between the two. Um, but there there are certain common
2: commonalities as well. Okay. No, thank you. Yeah, I just wanted to make sure that when I I understood, and for anyone who's listening or watching, that they also have kind of a, a grasp on like, well, why why is it different in you know the Senate and the House, and why these decisions or why they're considering this number versus that number.
1: I kind of feel like watching that uh, Schoolhouse Rock thing, how how a bill becomes a law. I'm just a bill, (laughs) a lonely little bill. I won't sing it. Nobody's done anything to deserve that.
0: So
3: uh, (laughs) actually, uh, what's uh, that? Mandatory part of initial training before you start here at the legislative division, we all sit down and watch that. All (laughs) right, so
1: that's, so the main focus this year is the exposure is the, is the exposure area. Um, it, to me, that shouldn't even be a gap. That's directly service-related, undeniably service-related because the service ordered you to put those things in the pits, service ordered you to stand or be near where those pits are. Uh, I'm, glad that, uh, I'm glad that you are getting great reception from our legislators on that. And I am glad that you are on the front lines for us not just american legion members but veterans in general so i want to thank you i know ashley wants to thank you do you want to thank him or do you well you just... i
2: do have a quick question oh you have another question I was so we're taking not done. notes because i'm a super nerd about this stuff okay. i want to know what's up when people ask me what the american legion is doing to help our community so we usually have a washington dc conference where folks from all over the country appointees from every state and every department and we all kind of get together and we go and we visit our house and senate representatives and this year things are a little bit different and i wanted to see lawrence if if you've got any you know resources tools tips and kind of give us a a segue as to how how we can continue to reach out to our representatives to ensure that we are able to you know complement all of the great work that you and your team are doing.
3: Absolutely, I, I appreciate that, Ashley. Um, we are We are certainly in Washington conference planning mode at the moment um, and more details to follow on that, but it will be a hybrid structure similar to the way it was last year. Um, you know theres there's some access issues on on Capitol Hill, um, a lot more restrictive uh, than in the past and you know hopefully, um, in the future, it'll 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 reverse itself. But very difficult to get on the hill right now. You require, it requires an escort, Not all meeting, not all offices are taking in-person meetings, so we we scaled that engagement back a little bit. And what we're trying to do is make sure that legionnaires and veterans engage their members of Congress in their district. Um, so what we've put together, and you know what we had last year, uh, is our Capitol Hill toolkit. So you can find that on legion.org backslash legislative. Uh, You'll find a little button there that says Capitol Hill toolkit. And that provides a list of everything that you'll need to engage your members of Congress. There's a place for you to put your address in, figure out who your member of Congress is, get their contact information, get a copy of our legislative priorities um, as well as our know before you go video which is typically done in person at washington conference will be a video similar in construct to, to the way it was last year and you'll be able to watch that there'll be about 15 minutes to give you a little background and more context um, than the legislative drop sheet has um, this way you can articulate our positions a little bit better but really at legion.org backslash legislative uh the capitol hill toolkit provides you everything you need to engage your member of Congress, whether it's um, remotely from a digital or or a phone call um, or contacting the offices and setting up a meeting in their district office. Uh, So for those listeners who who may not be familiar, members of Congress maintain multiple offices typically, um, both here in the Capitol and then back in their home district. Um, And when Congress is not in session, they're back in their home district. Um, so members and listeners can can set up meetings either when member of Congress is is back in their district or or their staff is back in the district, sit down, have that same meeting that they would have here, um, and and present our legislative priorities and make sure we get those across the finish line.
2: Well, I think that's an excellent plan of action, and I'm super thrilled that you know one legion is creating all these resources and tools. I know it's been uh, an interesting, you know, year or two for a lot of us, and continuing to push forward to have our wins and our, uh, you know, continued efforts, you know, especially on, you know, verb and pits and toxic exposure. I'm happy here at Senator Tester, and you know, a whole fleet of folks that you know are representing us are continuing the good fight along with your team, Lawrence. Um, if you could just very quickly. Uh, just list out the the top priorities that we are gonna look forward to that are gonna be in the um, no before not no before you go, but the brochure itself. Yep. And then you know we're just gonna wish the best of luck. and you know if fingers crossed, and then we're just gonna tell everyone to get out there in their communities and um, and check out our resources. So you can just list off our top priorities and we'll bid you bid you farewell. And good <laughs> sir.
3: actually, I, I always appreciate the opportunity for that. Um, And I won't take up too much time. I'll I'll hit our top three, but there should be between eight and 10 on the actual note before you go video and then on the legislative drop sheet. Um, But toxic exposures, which I've I've spoke to at length here, Um, GI Bill Parity for Garden Reserve is going to be a topic. So please look into that as you watch your note before before you go video and and look at the white papers that are posted um, at legion.org backslash legislative. Um, And then another one is going to be citizenship for service, we have a number of resolutions that cover um, both the military naturalization process. um, And then the issue of veteran deportation and um, veteran families of non citizen veterans um, being deported so that's another issue that we are, we are going to be working hard on. uh, Amongst others that will be on legislative drop sheet, so if I can make one final pitch, I would say that, while you are at. Uh, legion.org backslash legislative, looking at our Capitol Hill um, engagement toolkit, and then looking at the notebook before you go video. There will be a button for the Legislative Action Center. I urge everybody to click that button and sign up for our action alerts to get information about um, when we're running campaigns and when everybody can support the American Legion and the veteran community. um, Get legislation that helps veterans with a simple click of a button. Um, so, please visit the Legislative Action Center while you're there and, and, and sign up.
2: I, I think that's sage advice. I, I love it. And I will definitely be going to the Action Center and making sure that I'm getting those uh, in time responses to all of the amazing things that you're doing with your team. So, um, on behalf of me and Jeff, I just want to say thank you for everything that you're doing and continue to do to serve our, our military community.
3: Yeah, well, go ahead. Thank you for everything you all are doing, and uh, I, I always appreciate the opportunity to come on. Uh, hopefully next year I'll I'll be here as well.
2: We'll be counting the wins.
1: <laughs> we'll be counting the wins. And you can count the wins and you can count the wins out there yourself. And you can also click the links that were just bestowed upon you that will also be in the show notes. And by the time you're done with that, we're Ashley and I are going to be back uh, after this break.
0: Disabled veterans, disadvantaged children, and military families all need American Legion services. And that old car on your property simply needs to go away. Help us help others by donating your car to the American Legion. It's easy, convenient, and tax deductible. Visit legion.careasy.org today or call 844-4LEGION. That's 844-453-4466.
1: So, Ashley, that was what I would call uh, an Ashley kind of ATT situation there, all the things. Uh,
2: he spoke about. <laughs> oh my God, you're on a roll. You're just <laughs> on a roll today. Where's the beef? ATT? We get some endorsement up in here. So I love t-
1: it. So I'd uh, be interested to see what stuck out to you as a takeaway.
2: So the wins were, of course, very, very positive. Um, but I am super excited to see. How things are going to play out this year or going into this this next session, just with of course everything going on climatically, a lot of stuff. With that being said, knowing our top priorities is toxic exposure, the GI Bill parity, and then the citizenship for service. Um, especially with everything going on with uh, both evacuation of folks and still having allies, I I think that there's a lot of crossover. So. Seeing, with, seeing what gets done from the citizen, Citizenship for Service naturalization um, and just the whole fleet of issues that Lawrence kind of touched on, I think will be very important. I do want to do some more research on the GI Bill parody, especially for Guard and Reserve. I know that there were several things a few years ago when I had the privilege of interning with the American Legion, um, John Kamen, who was with education at the time under Joe uh, Sharpe's division, I had an opportunity to look at a lot of National Guard and Reserve issues um that weren't getting the same amount of attention as our active duty folks um and then finally of course toxic exposure knowing that there is some uh, some singularity and solidarity if you will on both the house and the senate side that are looking at these presumptive uh, uh diseases um in regards to if you have this campaign you know metal therefore like we're just going to assume that you potentially have been exposed to this or otherwise so Um, Between the top priorities, excited to see like what happens, but more importantly for me, um, making sure that Legionnaires know that, you know, the Legion has created resources such as um, the Capitol Hill Toolkit, the Know Before You Go video, and then just in general, having the Legislative Action Center to make sure that your your veteran voice is being heard, and for any Legionnaires um, to know what the resources are in your local districts to speak to your representatives and let them know what needs to happen and what they what needs uh, not so much like what needs to happen but like voicing your concerns in turn will make sure that it's on their radar
1: understood i agree with all that and i'll just say real quick the wins i'm just competitive in nature and i love hearing the word win with something i'm associated with i also think that uh it's a it's we, the gaps that they're closing in on the medical side are are really important uh i'm also interested to hear what they're saying about the education of people who served in uh different capacities uh including reserve and guard uh, interested to read more about that actually i'll let you read about it and tell me what what it says so i don't have to read Absolutely. as
2: much. i you will can, you for, you. Pic- for you buddy for you, you can draw
1: pictures for me so
2: <laughs> i will a little <laughs> flipbook so, It'll be very long. It'll take some time, but I do. That would help me
1: a lot. And just the <laughs> general, the general feeling of goodness that I have, that we have such passionate competence on our side, and it's something that I think doesn't get. I think these things aren't as well known to our members when we talk about what do we do, and I think every time we talk about what we have done, there should probably be a little follow up to what we're currently doing. We did the GI I'm Bill, going. it's amazing, it's awesome. It was groundbreaking. It probably saved our economy more than once. And uh, all, you can say so many good things about that. But then some people like, like okay.
2: Yeah, World War II, now. All of the like, things American Legion has done, I agree. All of
1: the things. So there's the there's the, there's the the history, it's important. It gives us legitimacy and all of that, but if that's all you're talking about your job's done you could go away but that's not true because we are still doing things and i i think and that's part of our job is to broadcast the things that we're still doing so uh we're doing it super producer holly's making us uh look good by providing us these topics and things like that she was waiting for me to slam her but i wouldn't do that when she's not on camera to defend herself so uh <laughs> i'll slam i can slam you i don't like, I don't know what that plant is, but water it more. Anyway, don't forget to subscribe to the Tango Alpha Lima podcast on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you consume podcasts. Please leave us a review and give us, uh, Ashley, how many stars would you like them to give us?
2: You, zero. Us, five. Oh, five. <laughs> Got them. Water my what? plant. That's a fake plant. <laughs> That's a fake plant.
1: <laughs> That's amazing. I do
2: have a real one over here, but it needs the sun and love and none of your shade good sir shade
1: wow with plants mm, good one. like that all right uh apparently i need some help here so if you have <laughs> guest recommendations, please go to legion.org tango and click on suggest a guest link and when you're in that open-ended category tell us how you're going to support ashley or I in our ongoing fake feud here on tango alpha lima and with that i am going to declare this mission complete, complete.